0: The Bible Study Podcast, Episode 90. Today, The Bible Study Podcast continues the study of Hebrews with Hebrews Chapter 2. Welcome to The Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. We continue on with Chapter 2, where the writer of Hebrew writes, We must pay more careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard, so that we do not drift away. For if the message spoken by angels was binding, and every violation and disobedience received its just punishment, how shall we escape if we ignore such a great salvation? This salvation, which was first announced by the Lord, was confirmed to us by those who heard him. God also testified to it by signs, wonders, and various miracles, and gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. An oversimplified view of this chapter, I think, or of this paragraph in this chapter is pay attention. Most commentators that I read think the passage here on if the message spoken by angels was binding as a reference to the first covenant, to the Old Testament covenant, and the prophets that were sent, and to the word that came to the people, and how much greater then is this that was announced by the Lord, that was announced by Jesus, confirmed by miracles, confirmed by signs. And so, but basically the message here is, okay, pay attention. I think that's a message. Before you read this whole thing, pay attention. This is important stuff. Don't drift away. And the writer continues. It is not to angels that he has subjected the world to come, about which we are speaking. But there is a place where someone has testified, What is man that you are mindful of him, the son of man that you care for him? You made him a little lower than the angels. You crowned him with glory and honor and put everything under his feet. And this is coming from the psalm, coming from Psalm 8. And the writer continues, In putting everything under him, God left nothing that is not subject to him. Yet at present, we do not see everything subject to him. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels, now crowned with glory and honor because he suffered death, so that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. And so the writer is taking these verses from Psalm and saying that these are applying to Jesus. And again, this is a letter to the Hebrews, those people who are familiar with the Old Testament scriptures, so we'll see a lot of these Old Testament references. So what is the son of man that you care for him, you made him a little lower than the angels, would involve, I believe we're talking about here, the incarnation. Not at the time of creation, lower than the angels, but the fact that he was became man, that he humbled himself and became man and is now crowned with glory and honor and that everything will be subject to him, everything will be put under his feet, that he would have the supremacy in everything, as Paul says in Colossians. In bringing many sons to glory, it was fitting that God, for whom and through whom everything exists, should make the author of their salvation perfect through suffering. I'm going to stop right there. The intention here, the author is saying, is to bring many sons, many children to glory, to rescue those of us who were lost, to reclaim, to reestablish this communion, this relationship, and that God, for whom and through whom everything exists, so let's be clear about what the place is of God, should make the author of salvation, Jesus, perfect through suffering. There is, in the Old Testament scriptures, really two different pictures of the Messiah. One that was easy for the Jewish people to see, and that was the conquering Messiah that we look forward to in Christ's second coming. But the other was this suffering servant that we read about in Isaiah, for instance, and we'll be looking at some of those verses. And that this salvation, that by his stripes we are healed, this that somehow it was necessary as part of the punishment for the sin that needed to happen, that we are saved by Jesus' suffering. And then continues, both the one who makes men holy and those who are made holy are the same family. Okay, Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers, so we have been adopted, it is saying, because the sin that we had has been taken care of by the act of Jesus, by Jesus' suffering and death, we could be adopted into God's family. And that's what we celebrate, for instance, in the sacrament of baptism. And for those of you who are in a church that performs baptism, uh, you probably use similar sort of words that deal with how God is adopting us. And it's going to depend, obviously, on the tradition that you're in and such. But that's the understanding of the church is that we are become part of God's family and that we are enabled to do that because of what Jesus has done. He says, I will declare your name to my brothers, in the presence of the congregation I will sing your praises, and again I will put my trust in him, and again he says, here I am, and the children God has given me. And we're looking at verses here out of Isaiah. Do you think about yourself as someone who was given by God to Jesus? Because that's really what this verse is saying, as those of us who are called are a gift from God to Jesus. Here I am and the children God has given me. And the author continues, Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humility, so that by his death he might destroy him who has the power of death, that is the devil. Philippians, I think, talks best about this humility of Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Our view of a cross is obviously very different than those in the first century. Even by the time of Peter or Andrew's martyrdom, they didn't feel that they were worthy to die on the cross like Jesus. And so Andrew was killed on Andrew's cross, which is an X-shaped cross, and Peter was crucified upside down, we were told. But at the time of Jesus' death, that was not something that a Roman citizen, for instance, could even be subject to. You needed to be someone who had no stature to die on a cross. It was painful. It was humiliating. It was the ultimate example of Jesus' humility. And these verses say that part of the target here of this act was the devil. It's actually surprising how few times the Bible talks about the devil. This is not something that the Bible really dwells on, but there is an enemy. There is an enemy to us who is not trying to see that relationship reestablished to God. And so the devil was the target of this act. To free us from the power of death that we had handed over in that apple long ago. And then continues, And free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. For surely it is not angels he helps, but Abraham's descendants. For this reason he had to be made like his brothers in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. Because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. So let's look at that. This says that not only were we subject to death, but we were living our lives in the fear of death. That we are held captivity, we are held in slavery by that fear. Have you ever heard of somebody who discovers they're going to die and lives their life differently because they know that they only have three months to live? This is that sort of thing. It's how would you live your life if you weren't held in that, if you were freed from that fear of death? And then... Obviously, this is a letter written to the Hebrews. This is a letter written to Abraham's descendants. So it's not the angel he helps, but Abraham's descendants. So he was made like his brothers in every way, that Jesus came as a descendant of Abraham. And then this is the first of a series of references that we'll get into in great detail in this book about Jesus as high priest. Now remember, the priest is someone who stands in between the people and God as a as a bridge, as someone who is the people's representative to God, as someone who is God's representative to the people. We see that in the Latin where a priest is a pontiff, which is literally bridge. And that the job of the priest in the Levitical law is to make the sacrifices to atone for the sin of the people. Now Jesus we'll look at later is also the sacrifice, but he is the priest he's the only one who is capable of doing that and his sacrifice is is good and it's once for all versus the sacrifices of sheep and goats that needed to be done over and over again and then this last verse here is because he himself suffered when he was tempted he's able to help those who are being tempted and we'll get into more about Jesus' role as high priest and how, because Jesus came and was a man and was tempted, he is able to fulfill that office, but we'll do that later on. With that, though, we'll bring this episode of the Bible Study Podcast to a close. If you have any questions, feel free to send them to host at com or leave a comment at com. Thanks so much for listening.